Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Just about time for us to get started in our final lesson in this book of uh, Galatians. We are finishing up this <clears throat> book today, and I want to first of all express my appreciation for the marvelous job that uh, uh, Brother Tom has done in assisting me in this class. And uh, I appreciate your attention, your wonderful attention that you've given to this class. And I hope that we take away from this class things that will help us to understand the freedom, uh, the liberty that we have in Christ. But I want to say just a word about the liberty in Christ. I don't want you to get the wrong understanding about what we're talking about when we're talking about Christian liberties. Uh, <clears throat> we're not free in the sense to do what you want to do from the standpoint of what you think of uh, from a worldly standpoint of freedoms and you're free to do what you want to. Uh, uh, no kind of... Uh, law permits you to do that. You're not free to do anything you want to. The liberty that we're talking about in this book of Galatians is the liberty from the law of bondage. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, Christian is not under bondage to the law of Moses. Christ has fulfilled that law and has taken it out of the way. And we as Christians are no longer in bondage to that law. And you have to understand this book in the light of that. And that's what we're talking about, Christian liberties. You're free from the bondage of that law. And we've tried to show that throughout this book of Galatians. We... Uh, if we had to give the book a title, it would be uh, probably Christian Liberties. Paul has uh, talked about in the first two chapters of this book, he talked about uh, his authority as being uh, authority, given this authority by God to teach what he's teaching. He was marveling that the people were so soon turn away from the teaching of the truth. I don't know everything that Paul taught uh, the people. Uh, I don't know what he preached about fully, the things. I do know that he evidently preached about the fact that we are no longer under the bondage to the law of Moses. I, I know that he preached about that. It was no longer necessary to be circumcised in the Touch that law. I know that because these are the things that disappointed Paul so much. They were turned from his preaching. 
And he had to uh, re-emphasize the things that he had told them. And in this final chapter here, I want you to see certain things here as we conclude the study of this book. In uh, liberties, <clears throat> you're not free from responsibilities. It carries with it the responsibility. Christian has responsibilities, and Paul is, is emphasizing this in this last chapter, in the first ten verses. He talks about uh, being uh, liberty. We are at liberty, Christian liberty. We're free from the bondage of the law, but we're not free from responsibilities. First of all, uh, we talk about the liberty with a sense of uh, responsibility. In the first two verses, first two verses here, we see in the matter of bearing burdens. You know, it seems that uh, there's a contradiction in in this. Uh, some people don't understand what Paul is saying here. Look in the first verse here, uh, the second verse here. Uh, uh, Paul talks about uh, the uh, bearing burdens. And notice what he says in the second verse there. He talks about uh, bear your own, bear one another's burden, and notice what he says in the uh, fifth verse. He said, "Bear your own burdens." Now, first of all, I want to make this clear that he's talking about two different uh, things in this. And first of all, as we go back to the first of the chapter here and talk about the responsibilities that we have. He says, those that um, are spiritual, let them restore one, uh, such one to, uh, to uh, he said, in the matter of bearing burdens, he says here in the first place, that uh, those are, uh, we must be willing to bear one another's burdens. That those who are spiritual ought to uh, restore those uh, who are overtaken in a fall. And let's look at that. Notice what he said that those who are spiritual are to uh, restore those who are overtaken in a fall. I wonder why he didn't just say I want you guys to go out and restore those people who are uh, overtaken in the fault. I, I tell you why he didn't say that, because everybody is not equipped with the ability to go to a person and restore them. They don't have the ability to uh, talk to those people and, and give them the kind of... Um, you know, uh, talk that they need to restore them. All of us don't have the same abilities. And if you're going to send somebody out to restore somebody that's overtaken in the fault, you have to find somebody that's strong enough to do it. And the fact is, if a person is overtaken in the fault and if he's weak in the faith, 
you wouldn't send another person out there to try to restore him that hadn't attended service and been in faith for himself in the last six months, would you? You would uh, send somebody that's a faithful person, a person that's well equipped in the scriptures to go out and talk with a person that's been weak and overtaken in that fall. You'll find somebody qualified to do it. You know, for the last few years I've been affiliated with this congregation. I've offered my services to drive the van and do things like that, but Lewis and the elders here don't see that I'm qualified to do it. They won't let me do it. I don't care how much I ask them to let me drive the van, they won't do it. Why? Because they don't like me? I don't think that's the reason. For some reason, they feel like I'm not qualified to drive that van, right? And so they're not going to send me to drive that van and pick up folks. They're going to send somebody that's qualified to do it. And that's what we need to do when we try to restore somebody that's overtaken and false. Send somebody that will be able to deal with that situation. Everybody don't, is not qualified to do it. Everybody don't have the ability to do it. And so if we're going to try to restore some Paul is saying those who are spiritual, those who are strong enough to do it, you let them restore such a one. Uh, send them one that have the ability. You know, uh, we need to do that in all aspects of uh, what we do. There's a lot of people don't even have the ability to visit people or do things like that because they leave a person more down and feeling more, uh, you know, awful than they did before they visit. You know, when people visit people at the hospital, they're sick, we want somebody to visit that's going to cheer the person up, make them feel good. We don't send somebody that's not qualified to do it. And so we need to do the same thing. Paul realizes that in sending somebody to restore those who are weak. And in this way, we bear one another burden. We help one another who's not able to help themselves. Those who are able to do it, we do that and we do, uh, all we can do to help one another. And that's what Paul is talking about here about bearing one another's burden uh, when we help that person. And then notice what he, he goes on to say in the next few verses here. He said, be willing to bear your own burden. You know, some of us, we think that we don't have to do anything else. Everybody else is doing it. We don't have, have, have anything to do. We just sit back and let everybody else do it, and we take the credit for it. You know, everybody else be involved in carrying on the work, and then at the end we say, look what we done. We did this. We didn't do anything. Sometimes um, you want to you know, uh, uh, share all of the credit and you're not willing to do any of the work. And this is where Paul is talking about examine your own work, bear your own load. You need to be able to uh, 
of a part, all of us need to share in the work of the Lord. Uh, you might not can do the same thing somebody else would do, but you do what you have the ability to do, but everybody has a part to play in carrying out what we're supposed to do in the church. And this Paul is reminding these people uh, that you have a responsibility to do. You need to uh, take care of this. And that's what Christians, you're not, you're not free from your responsibilities in sharing the work that you're supposed to do in the Lord. Notice this. In the second portion, in the fifth through the uh, sixth through the tenth verse, notice what it says in this. You got to be willing to be generous in what you do. In the sixth chapter here, notice what it says that those that um, those that are, are, are taught should share in all good things and communicating, as King James Version says, in uh, 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 communicating. And, but what we're doing is when we give of our means and when we share of our means, you know, expenses that be taken care of, all that we have to do to carry out the work of the congregation here. And what we do is, what we're doing is every thing that we spend, we spend it toward the idea of working towards seeing that we can spread the gospel to as many people as we can. And in so doing, we have to share uh, in the work of the Lord. Uh, those of us who are, are, are depend on the church, say for instance, to pick us up in the van, uh, we have to share. We appreciate the fact that church is not, uh, you know, there's some congregations are too small to, to do it and they're not able to just uh, go out and pick up people. But thankfully, uh, we get to church, and I'm in that number. I get picked up by the Mercy of Church, and where does that come from? You share in your means with those who are not able to uh, to drive and their own and provide their own me. It's, it's share. It comes from the expenses that we pay and our contribution and all these things have to be done. And in the sixth verse here, we're told that those of us who depend on the, the service of others, we need to share uh, in, in doing this. And so through our contribution and through other ways we do, we share in taking care of the expenses. Paul emphasizes that as in the sixth verse here as we read this. And notice here, he goes on to talk about the principles involved in reaping and in sowing and in reaping. You know, a lot of us were kind of stingy. We don't like to, you know, give much. It's not, it's not when I'm not talking about people who are not able to do it. But, you know, sometimes we give the Lord our crumbs. We give when we do in our contributions. Sometimes we are, are stingy about what we're doing. Um, we we enjoy all of the pleasure of of the, what the Lord has given us, and if we have anything left over, we give it to Him. But you notice, 
Paul is teaching here about the uh, idea of sowing and reaping. He says, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you don't give but a little bit, you can't expect but a little bit back. And, 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 and so what we need to, what Paul is trying to emphasize to these people, uh, you need to always keep in mind that the more you do uh, in a spiritual way, the more you can expect to reap in a spiritual way. If you reap to the flesh, he said, sow to the flesh, you're going to reap carnal things and things that are destructive to you. But if you are willing to sow spiritual, be real in whatever you do. Give, do your best in whatever you do. That's what Paul is talking about in, this, in the sowing and the reaping. You can expect to reap bountifully. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. If you sow skimpy and uh, not too much, you, you, you shouldn't expect too much back. But notice here he's talking about in the sowing and reaping and the thing he's talking about uh, the corruption and the spiritual thing is sometimes we as Christians, I think we sow too much uh, corrupt to corruption rather than to uh, the spiritual thing. We, we try to sow enjoy all of the pleasures of this life and everything. Enjoy ourselves. We spend all the time we're, uh, trying to reap, the, uh, get more of the pleasure. And that's why we don't have as much time as we need to give to the Lord. The more time uh, you have the, for the Lord, the more blessings that he'll bless you with. We, we need to realize that. And a lot of time we don't. And in, in, in talking about being uh, liberated and in Christ, uh, he gives you all the blessings that you have, and yet you don't think enough of him to try to sow what you should sow toward, you know, the spiritual work. And, and as Christians, we need to learn the principle that we are going to reap what we sow. If you sow a little bit, you can't expect but just a little bit. And we need to think in terms of that. Notice what Paul says here. He says, uh, that those that are sold to the uh, corrupt sold to the flesh, you reap corruption, and those that sold to the spirit, you reap everlasting life. I wonder how much we we believe that. How much do we believe uh, that if we sow spiritual, we're going to reap spiritual? We need to know that we're trying to build our treasures in heaven. Jesus said, well, you, uh, treasures is your heart to be there also. And I want you to notice something in this, uh, the ninth verse he says. And, I, and, and this is uh, something that we all need to pay attention to. 
He says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Sometimes we get tired of doing good too quick. You notice in the first, in the sixth verse of the very first chapter, Paul noticed that those people so soon removed from the things he had taught them. I think sometimes we get too tired too quick of doing good. I, I hear people a lot of time talk about what they have done and all the things that they have done. But you don't want to give up. And I've heard people say, I'm tired of doing this. I've done this so long, I'm getting tired of doing this. You don't get tired too quick. I think about the old king a long time ago when he was told, when Elijah told uh, this king, say, I want you to point your arrow out the window and I want you to smash your arrow on the ground uh, and, and so this represents the number of times you're going to be able to uh, smite the Syrians. And he hit the ground three times and quit. He quit too quick. And I think we quit too quick sometime when it comes to uh, doing the Lord's work. And Paul said, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in two, due time we shall reap if we don't lose heart, if we don't give up. Old King James Version says that if we don't faint, but you don't want to quit too quick. You don't want to get too tired of doing the Lord's work. And and he need to warn these people about it because some of them were uh, thinking about going back under their old way, going back under the bondage of the law. And Paul says, now, I want you to continue to uh, reap the uh, soul to the Lord, to sow good things, to do good things. But uh, don't get tired too quick. Don't give up too quick because you might not see the fruit of your labor right now. But if you keep going and if you don't give up, you're going to see some fruit from your labor in due time. And so uh, that's what we need to keep in mind uh, where you uh, are, are sowing and where you're doing good and where you're doing a lot of work for the Lord. Don't give up too quick. Don't get tired of doing good too quick. And this is the thing that Paul is trying to emphasize with the people here uh, in Galatians. Notice in the 10th verse what it says here. He says, well, there's opportunity to do good to all men, especially to those of the household of faith. You know, we need to take every opportunity that we have to do good to everybody. You, you don't just uh, make a choice and pick and choose you. Everybody that's in need, we are supposed to do good to those people. Notice it says, but but notice, I notice that we often uh, extend uh, our appreciation to our visitors and we say that we are glad to have you, which we are. We want people to know that we enjoy them and that we are friendly folks here. 
that we really enjoy uh, your company, want you to become a part of us, and we want you to see us in a good way. And this is good, and 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 we we want to continue to do that. But we also want to uh, remember our folks that come. You know, I I noticed I talk to people a lot of time, and and they don't know people that's been coming to church for fifty years, uh, uh, twenty years or so, and and sometimes they even get lost in the shuffle. And we need to be sure that we get to know everybody and know their needs and help everybody. And and we should always uh, provide service for everybody. Our friends and our folks that are here. And, And this is what Paul is saying. As opportunity, every opportunity you get, you try to reach out. To people, try to help people, try to find their needs. And this is one of the things that we are for as Christians. We're supposed to reach out and try to reach everybody within our power to help them. And and so he's telling uh, the people here in Galatia, I want you to do good to all Evidently, in uh, this Paul sees a need to write them and remind them of this because obviously uh, when you know he hear about what they are doing and they're doing uh, a lot of things wrong that they shouldn't do and Paul wants them to get back to what they ought to be doing what they ought to be uh, serving the Lord and and this is uh, uh, important for them to do. Now, when we look at the uh, last half of the chapter and we come to the uh, book, Paul is, is concluding in his concluding remarks. He's reminding him of the things that he's already talked about. When you look at the 11th through the uh, 18th verse here, he, he talks about his concluding remarks here. First of all, he has a final rebuke for those people uh, that would try to bind those uh, people under circumcision, under law. He comes back to what the whole book is about here in the 11th through the 13th verse here in this book. And in this uh, 11th verse, first of all, he talks about the Lord's letter uh, that he's written. Uh, he's written with his own hand. I don't really think he's talking about the Lord's magnitude of this book because certainly this is not a large letter from a standpoint of a, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, reading. It's just six chapter. He got uh, more writings than this in longer epistles than this and I'm sure that he's not talking about the length of uh, uh, this uh, book when he says that he's written a large letter I I think that he does have a problem uh, in writing this letter he he probably does have eye problems although I'm not willing to argue the point that this is his thorn in the flesh 
but obviously he has a problem in uh, composing this letter and not talking about the length of the letter, but he's having uh, let them know that he went through a lot of pains to write uh, this uh, letter. And uh, I think the, that he's talking about the uh, actual letters themselves being uh, uh, large because I think he has a problem probably writing them small. <laughs> and so that indicates that he might have some problem in composing this. You notice in most of the letters that Paul write, he's talking, he has somebody to write it for him. He has a, a kind of a secretary-like to write his letter. But anyway, when he writes this letter, he tells them, that he's going through a lot of trouble writing the letter. And then he talks about the motivation behind those that are, are, are trying to compel others uh, to be circumcised. You know, they're doing it for selfish reasons. They're not doing it because uh, they're interested in the people so much. In the 12th and 13th verses here, for instance, he says they desire to make a good showing in the flesh. They want people to see what they can do. They're doing people, showcasing their ability. And you got a lot of people that go through a lot of uh, things to show themselves. They're not trying to uh, show what the Lord can use them for, but they're trying to uh, show their own abilities and all. It's a lot of selfish people when they do things. They're trying to show themselves rather than the Lord and what they're doing. The Bible says, let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify God. But they are doing that to be glorified on their own account. And so these people are trying to get these people to be circumcised and go back under the law, not because they're interested in, uh, you know, this, what these people should do. They just want to chalk up some uh, credit for themselves. And they want to discredit, for some reason, the things that Paul had taught them to do it. They want to make a good showing, the Bible says, in the, fl in the flesh. And not only that, they don't want to suffer the persecution of, of, of the law. They're doing it for uh, uh, the fact that they can keep themselves free from being persecuted by those who are saying uh, that they had to keep the law and be circumcised. You, you can't straddle the fence. You, you either under the law or you're not under the law. And Paul said, we, circumcision, we're not under the law anymore. And these people are saying, uh, they're, they're catering to this kind of teaching so that they themselves can be in good standing with those Jews who uh, want to say the law is still un, in control and the Gentiles had to... Uh, make themselves Jews 
to be accepted. And they was thinking that, that that law is superior to Christianity. They had to obey that law first. And these people would, Paul is saying that these people are teaching these people that so that these who are in authority in that way, uh, you know, won't persecute them. And they, they wanted to be in their good graces. And he said, they wish to glory in your flesh. They want to use, use you for a trophy to see what they had done. They, they got the wrong reason. And notice what it says here. He said, those that, that are fine, they're, they're, they're buying circumcision on these people, say they don't even believe in the law. They won't even keep the law themselves. They want to try to get these people to go back under the law and they don't keep the law themselves. We had a lot of people uh, that's doing that today. They're kind of hypocritical, like uh, they're teaching what we ought to do, but when you look at what they're doing, they're not doing it themselves. They're not practicing the things that they are teaching. That's what Paul is saying here. These people that are trying to get these people to be bound by the law, they don't keep the law themselves. They don't do it themselves. And and so uh, what uh, we need to do when we're teaching people what they ought to do, at least they ought to see us doing this, doing it. Uh, I've heard people over the years say, you do what I, don't do what I do, do what I say do. Well, that's not the way that uh, you're supposed to be able to teach people. You're supposed to be able to show people what they should do, how they should do it, hands-on teaching. I learn things better when people show me how to do it, because you see, I can't see them. <laughs> they had their blackboard up there, and they teach the things on that board, and they show, and they, it's good visual things. If you can see it, that's all right, but I can't. They had to kind of show me how, how to do it, kind of hands-on type stuff. I can learn it that way if you show me. You can tell me all day long and you, you show me, I, I can get it right right away. But uh, and but what we do is like we point out to a person what they supposed to do. That's good. Show them what they do, but you need to show them how to do it by the way you do it. Show them by example. Uh and so that's what, not what these people are doing, and that's what Paul uh, is saying here. He said, these people that teach you, they don't do it themselves. They don't keep the law themselves. Notice what he, he, he says in his own, uh, for him, his own self, and, and this is where we get uh, a verse from this song that we sing when, when I survey the wonders cross. He said, I... I won't boast in anything. The only thing I boast in is the cross of our Lord. I have confidence in the law. Paul's own confidence is in the cross, not in the law. In the cross of Christ, uh, from the 14th through the 17th verses, Paul expressing his confidence in, in the cross. And that's where... Uh, our confidence need to be in the cross and not in human law, but in the cross of Christ 
Why? Because uh, Christ died for us. He gave his life, and that's the cross. Paul says, God forbid it that he should glory in anything except the cross of Christ. Anything except the cross of Christ. That's what Paul says. He says, by Christ the world has been crucified to me and and to to the world. I've been crucified uh, to him and he to the world through the cross of Christ. Now, I need to ask us, have we been crucified to the world? Are we still trying to cling to the world and the cross at the same time? You can't straddle the fence. You can't have it both ways. You can't, Paul is trying to teach these people, you can't be under the law and be under grace and truth at the same time. You can't have Christ in the law at the same time. Christ came and took that out of the way. And it's a lot of time we're trying to hold on to the world and trying to cling to the cross at the same time. You can't do it. We go and we want to be a Christian and enjoy all of the Christian benefits, but we don't want to give up the pleasures of the world to do it. You've got to uh, decide what you want to do. Now, we don't have the freedom to be a Christian and enjoy the pleasures of the world at the same time. That's what people are thinking that liberty is in Christ. You don't have that kind of liberty. You don't have the liberty to, uh, of choice of being a Christian and enjoying the world at the same time. You don't have that kind of freedom. That's not the freedom that's in Christ. You, 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 if you choose Christ, then you have to give something up. It costs you something. It costs you the pleasures of the world. And, and in the Bible, the Bible says a lot of times people don't count the costs. They don't count what it's going to cost them to be a Christian. I hope that's the first one. That is the first one, is Good. Uh, but Paul is showing them that he's crucified. He's given up the world. And you have to give up the world too. And notice here, he says that in Christ, circumcision is, uh, is nothing. It's inconsequential. It doesn't profit you anything. What matters, he says, is a new creation. Now, when you become a Christian, he's pointing out to these people, you become a new creature. You're not, not under that old, you're not that old creature. The old creature, and the old creature, they was under the law. They was under bondage to that law. But 
and the, and the, under Christ, they become a new creature. They're not under that law anymore. They're completely new. When you become a Christian, when you, before you became a Christian, you were in the world. You were, oh, that's the old man. But when you uh, chose to be a Christian, you gave up the world and accepted Christ. And then, uh, according to Second Corinthians 5 and 17, all things are made new in Christ. You're new in Christ. And that's what Paul is saying. What matters is the fact that you're new. You don't think about those old things no more. For those who abide by this rule, he said, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. You know, we are the true Israel of God. Christians are the true Israel of God. And these people's hanging on to the fleshly Israel of God. And the Israel of God that today Christians are the true Israel of God. Uh, Though, though the, the, the fleshly Israel God is gone. And, and so we have to uh, realize that Paul is saying that you're no longer under that fleshly Israel God. You are the Israel God if you are a Christian. He said, let no man trouble him for he, 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 he has in him the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He reflects the marks of Christ. Uh, we need to reflect the mark of Christ. We ought to be willing to suffer in this world. We know we're going to be persecuted. We know that those who are, are, are persecuted Christ are going to persecute those who follow Christ, who accept Christ. And so we know that we ought to have the marks of Christ. The marks of Christ is the fact that how he suffered and he bore those, uh, the ridicule and all those things. He died on the cross. And we as Christians have to have those marks of Christ in our bodies. And notice in the final thing, he gives a benediction here. In the 18th verse, he addresses the brethren and he says, the peace of God uh, rest upon those people. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And he ends the book uh, with that. Uh, and I think that when you look at the things that Paul has written throughout this book and the thing, the way he addressed the situation, I think that we can see how uh, these things that Paul wrote to the church would apply to all Christians today. We need to know that in Christ Jesus, we have to give up the world. We have to give up those sinful things. We have to give up the fleshly things. And our allegiance is fully in Christ Jesus. Righteous Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day and for being with us, for giving us the guidance that we need, for watching over us, for protecting us from danger and harm. We ask you to protect us as we leave and go our separate ways. And hopefully, Father, we can carry with us the things that will make us better soldiers in your army. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.